Welcome back to Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRAR. I'm Alex Gehring. And I'm Bobby Howe. And Bobby, you still have legs. Oh my God, I do! You, your legs survived. They survived. Okay, so okay, you have to explain to everybody what you did this weekend, because well, I mean, it's insane. They're loyal listeners. They know what I did. Uh, I, I know, did, but I, walk I, them I did through. the Dopey Challenge at Walt Disney World. So on Thursday, we did a 5K, which is 3.1 miles on Friday, we did a 10K, which is 6.2 miles, half marathon on Saturday, 13.1 miles, and finished with a marathon of 26.2 miles on Sunday for a total of 48.6 miles over four days. That's nuts. It is. Why? Why? Do you know what, what drives you? Yeah, I want to know why. Because <laughs> you run four races, and you get six race shirts and six medals. Whoa! I get extra medals. Yeah, I'm, you did it for the medals. I kind of did. <laughs> kind of not lying right now. Uh, also, because during the marathon, you get to run through all four Disney parks. So you start at Epcot. Oh, that's cool. I didn't realize yeah. that part. You, you start at Epcot, and you run up the highway to Magic Kingdom. Then you run down the highway to Animal Kingdom. And then you run over to Blizzard Beach. And I'm going to come back to a story on that. And then you run up to Hollywood Studios. You run through there, and then you finish back at Epcot. That's actually super fun. So you yeah. get kind of a tour of all of the parks. All of the parks on the marathon. On the other days, um, 5K, 10K, you just run around Epcot and the boardwalk. Um, the half marathon day, you run up through Magic Kingdom and back to Epcot. So, wow. um, But what's really interesting with the Blizzard Beach portion of this, so when we ran the marathon on Sunday, it just what so is, What is Blizzard Beach? I'm sorry. It's, I don't it's even a, know It's like is. a water park. It's, it's like Oceans of Fun, Swirled. But it's all cold water? It's water. It's, it's Blizzard Beach. Oh, it's just because it's a funny name. There's Typhoon Lagoon and there's Blizzard Beach, or they're two water parks that they have. God, it's it's like cold. Oceans of Fun to its World's Fun. It's well, it's January, so it's fine. <laughs> but here's why I'll tell you why that wouldn't have necessarily been a bad thing. Is Sunday we had record high temperatures in Orlando, Ooh. and twenty thousand people started the race. Over six thousand dropped. Oh wow! Thirty percent of the race participants dropped because it was so hot. That towards the end, they actually cut out a mile and a half down to Blizzard Beach and back. It was out and back. They cut that out of the race portion. So uh, it was like a 25-mile marathon, which really isn't a marathon. However, there's other stuff. Um, they cut that out because they, they ran out of medics. They had to call other communities oh to extend gosh. in additional medics. We saw at least five people on the side of the road being defibbed. <laughs> Being brought back to life during, not funny. Um, it was scary. It really was oh scary. My gosh, I mean, we were Bobby. fine. We yeah. were fine. We hydrated really well. We were we were great all weekend. We rested. We just and did who's pool we? Time. Who's we? Uh, it's me, um, my bestie Mara Neal out of Atlanta, Georgia, and um, another one of my very 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 good friends, Heather Azur out of Palm Springs, California. All realtor friends, yes. All realtor friends from around the country, um, and we did this together. And we just did pool time, and then we'd rotate our water with our electrolytes, and we were really really good girls. And and, and talked business for. Quite a yeah, bit. we mastermind around the yeah. pool. We did all kinds of fun stuff like that. Right. Um, and right. what's what's really crazy is this is my second time doing it. And when I did this last year, it took about forty eight hours for me to walk normally again. This time, I was we, my feet hurt a little bit afterwards for a couple hours, but we got in the pool. I haven't hurt at all. Fun fact: that song by Nicki Minaj and Ariana Grande, "Side to Side," <laughs> that's about running marathons. I did not know that. It's definitely not. No, don't. I was like, it's, what are you talking about? You're not. making things up right now. That's not true. That is not true. That's not true. We We're going to talk <laughs> Alex's fun facts that are not so factual. Um, and what's really funny is. Don't look that one up. Uh, it, was, it was Heather. Don't do that. It was Heather and Maura's very first marathon as a part of the Dopey Challenge. And uh, we're going to do it again next year. That's awesome. <laughs> sorry, Amber's losing You guys it are right all losing now. it. I'm, I'm over here with my twist of lime, Toco oh. Chipo, and I'm all excited over here, but wow. that's fine. So 
So, Alex, you know, what t- you know what time of year it is? What time is, ooh. Mm. Oh, you're making those noises, and now I'm scared. <laughs> it's Valentine's Day. It's almost Day. Valentine's Day. <laughs> Do you got any plans? I, not yet. Do you? This is it's early for Valentine's Day. I know that like when this episode airs, it won't be. Right. But you're asking me. You're taking me like way off guard. It's less than a month away, Alex. It's that, really not that far away. I take like 12 hours to prepare for this kind that's, of stuff. That's just like just like life. I got it. That's fine. <laughs> that works. What what are what are your plans? What are you going to uh, do? I'm coming down for an HMLS board of directors meeting that day. Oh wow! I bet you're going to be there too. I, I will be there. I know. Isn't I'm it? impressed that you're going to be in town. I know. On Valentine's Day, it's amazing. <laughs> I don't think I'm in town the day before. Oh no, the twelfth. The twelfth. The day the episode this episode comes out, I'm going to be in Chicago that day. So yeah. I do go out of town at some point during the week. Okay. So okay. I got to keep that streak alive. There you go. Yeah. There you go. I'm what gonna get my A list back with Southwest in the first quarter of this year. I'm pretty sure. So what are you guys gonna do for Valentine's Day? Uh, we don't normally do too much. We're pretty boring yeah. people. You know, I might you know have to make Valentine's boxes for my kid for Valentine's Day, oh, and that's that's that about is, as exciting. Is that still as a thing? Oh my god. Yes. The school Valentine's stuff. Yes, and then I don't... they have parties and you've got to like buy things and make the kids have fun for a couple hours and they, ah, it's, yes. Okay, it's a so thing. opinion. So so okay. we go to a Montessori school Okay. and she's in like a little classroom full of twos and these are like, and she's not, she's not two yet, but she's like, you know, they, right. they think they're. She's special. Oh yeah, she's mm-hmm. special. Um, do, do I need to like do Valentine's for all of these kids? I don't think we did Valentine's in preschool. We did do Valentine's in preschool. We just didn't put any names on them. You didn't put names on we them. We just, just bought them, put a stuck in an envelope, and then they divvied them out. Gotcha. Yeah. Ugh. So you're probably doing that. I hated that when I was a kid. I that when I was yeah. a kid, it was like the worst thing. Yeah. Especially when you get one from your crush. Yeah. And it's like, you're such a i don't know it's, nice yeah yeah or or they didn't write anything Thing. and you way yeah. overthink it because you're like nine mm-hmm. and you're like oh hmm, i don't know well, i did there's just something about valentine's the, that i just didn't like the worst part now is pinterest what yeah because you gotta like pinterest a cool box i mean you just can't bring like a shoe box that you wrapped in foil and stick the little heart on the side like you used to now people like do these like completely ordinary i saw somebody one time they made like a toilet and the the the, the Valentine's we've, went we've into gone the so far into the crowdsourcing thing that now we crowdsource creativity. Yeah, like we crowdsource we our ideas we, on our own. We use social media to crowdsource our self esteem. Right. We crowdsource like everything, everything. and now we're crowdsourcing creativity yep. through Pinterest. Yep. Oh, that's a thing. Just come up with a good idea. I, I'm telling you, whatever. I think so. Sarah and I typically for Valentine's Day. We pretty much just hang out at home too, but we try yeah. to like because usually I have like a rehearsal, right, or something going on. One yeah. of us has something going on, and so we just find a day like in that time mm-hmm. to go out to eat. Okay, so you have a date. Yeah, That's we nice. just go on a date and we call it good. Okay. Oh, but one of my one a good idea though, and and I'm going to share this with you guys, and it's probably going to be too late by the time this episode comes out, so you'll remember this for next year. What several of my realtor friends in other parts of the country do is they will um, sometime in January call like the top restaurants in town and they will set a couple of reservations at each and then they will send emails out to their clients, especially the men, saying, hey, did you forget to make a reservation for Valentine's Day? You can have one of these reservations (gasps) and we'll call back and put it in your name. 
And so then it makes the man look really good because he, he, typically the males, and I'm not saying it's always the boys, but mm, come on, um, is that then they look really good because they have a rest. That's clever. I know, right? That's a good one. That's a good one for your people. So Tips. there you go. You can wow. steal this ahead of time because it is January. However, for you all, it's two days ahead of time. You're probably not going to get that reservation. You're out of luck. But write it down, put it in your calendar, but put it in December of next year in your calendar, and then you'll remember to take it forward. Smart. I know. So today we're talking about money. So speaking of smart business things. <gasps> Look at that. That's it all right. Tied together. What a transition. I know we're amazing, even if we don't try. We're talking about money today. We are. We're talking about managing our business finances. Yep. We might get into a, a little bit of personal finances, right? A little Maybe bit. a little bit. A little yeah. bit. Because it's all. It's real, real estate. They do. Real they, they, That's right. It's a little they bit. They overlap. More. They do. Just even. a little bit. They're not commingling. We're not commingling. They're not commingling. No, 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 no. None of that. <laughs> so today we're bringing in Richard Webdell. He's the vice president of wealth management at Bukati Companies. And uh, so, Alex, hey, how do you handle your business finances? Do you do them yourselves? Do you hire an accountant? How, oh. do you, how do you handle all that? Gosh, good point. So, um, I do hire an accountant to do my taxes. Yes. But CPA. CPA. Right? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then, honestly, my biggest consult on all of my business finances mm-hmm. are, it, is my wife. Yeah. So, um, we are Ramsey okay. folks. Um, I thought you were going to say now, freaks. Now, here's, I'm not, I don't want to call Ramsey people freaks, but some of them kind of can be. I'm just going to throw that out there. Sorry, with apologies to Ramsey. Um, but. Do you have your envelopes? We don't do the envelopes. Okay. Like, that's the kind of stuff that, like, I, I don't do. Yeah. Uh, to be honest with you, carrying cash around in this day and age is not, so what Bobby's referring robbed. to is that uh, Ray, Dave, Dave and I are our first name basis. Um, and <laughs> he teaches to put all of your cash in labeled envelopes for. Uh, certain budget items. So you might put a uh, hundred dollars, maybe, if you really want to treat yourself, into your restaurant envelope, like your eating out envelope, mm-hmm. and that's the only money that you can use. When you're out, you're out, and you have to use cash to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't do that because I don't want to get robbed. Yeah. So, so I don't carry cash around. I use an app. Um, Ramsey has every dollar. Okay. Um, we use Mint. Mint. I, I really like Mint. Mint a lot. Yep. Um, and so that, that's what I prefer. And then every month, uh, and this is where business comes in every month, Sarah and I go through, um, all of our bank statements, mm-hmm. uh, including my business credit card. The only credit card that I use is for business. Okay. And so we go through everything and we ensure that what I'm spending money on makes sense. Right. Is there an ROI? Uh, does it, does it show on my bottom dollar? And, uh, since my business is, Partially her livelihood as well. Mm-hmm. It makes perfect sense for her to be uh, a co-CFO yep. with me on my business. And so that's that. the way that we approach it. And uh, I'll tell you that it, it when you really have to answer for uh, a marketing decision mm-hmm. that you're making, yep. a financial marketing decision, you have to answer for that with your significant other it, or to anybody really. Right. It really holds you accountable. Right. And I have saved a ton of money over the years on, on things that I thought, you know, are kind of neat. Right. And Sarah goes, but do you really need it? Because we, we could save quite a bit of money if you didn't right. do it. And I go, you know, I don't think I need it. Right. There have been multiple things that I've saved. I love that. You know, hundreds over the years on um, not paying for. And so. I love that you're doing that every single month. You know, what I see a lot of agents do is if they do it at all, they do it once a year. Now, they've spent a whole year paying into something that maybe they knew in January they didn't need anymore, but they waited till the following nope. year to do that. 
you know. And Realistically, you can't do that. You're not you're not right. going to be on top of it. And and the other thing that I see realtors do so much of is they one transaction themselves to death. Yep. They go to a real estate conference, someone selling something or multiple things, and their brain they're like, yeah, that's just a one transaction. We'll oh pay my for this. gosh! You will one transaction yourself to death in this business if you do that. You will. You know, it's, you will. It's don't don't see life in transaction. In, in yeah, yep. it just doesn't work. Um, I will say that when I uh, when uh, before I was in real estate, a uh-huh. substitute taught. That was right. my job before real estate. Right. Right. And um, when I substitute taught, when Sarah and I got our apartment that we were living in at the, at the time. I totally was like, okay, so I have to sub a minimum of six times a month in order to pay for our apartment. And then everything else is on top of that. So yeah. six days of subbing right. pays for our apartment. Like, and I, I totally did break it down that right. way. And so it can make sense sometimes, but if you do it all the time, right. And, and, and a lot of times, you know, you might not make anything. No. And there might not be any transaction that pays no. for it. And then you're out a significant amount of money. Yeah. You just are. You are. And yeah. and the reality is that 90, and this might be an exaggeration, and you could tell me different maybe, 90% of the crap that people sell at um, at real estate conventions or anywhere, uh, it's not going to make you money. What about the jewelry? not going to make you money. <laughs> it's funny unless you're talking about our pack that that that's different that's different kind of jewelry different jewelry uh however it's it's funny watching the real estate convention though because the women they flock to the scarf booth scarf king he's really popular at the nar convention and then in the jewelry booths i'm like that's so silly uh, it's like just go shopping at the regular mall all right we get we probably need to move on sorry no we're good um tangents i have a book bit surprise i have a book bit bobby's book bit is that how that goes? Do 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 do. Bobby's book bit. That's how it goes. Casey, so guess what my book bit is for today? Hey, remember, it's our Valentine's episode. Oh, so is it about money or is it about Valentine's? I know, is it about both? Well, keep watching, listening to all the episodes, and you'll get all the things. <laughs> but for today, we're going to talk about the five love languages by <laughs> Gary <laughs> Chapman. <laughs> and the thing I like about love languages, I'm just keep moving on with my life. It's fine. The thing I love about it is that, yes, it's for your personal relationships with significant others or with family members, but I think it can also apply to when you're working with clients. Not necessarily you're not necessarily loving on them, but you can find the best ways to communicate with them, right. the things they feel appreciated with. So so Love Languages uh, just shows couples how to make their love last by learning to recognize the unique way their partner feels love. We all feel love sure. in different ways, and there's different ways that we feel, feel appreciated. So my favorite quote is, true love cannot begin until the in love experience has run its course. You got to get through that lust stage and then true love can happen after that. So um, there's just, there's three points and I'm going to go through them fairly quickly because it's really, it really is hard to break this book down into like really tiny stuff because it really kind of goes into depth. But the very first thing is just as your relationship changes over time, communication is what will actually make it last. Um, And so the best way to communicate is to find the love language that your companion likes to speak in. And so the the second point is what those five love languages are. The first is words of affirmation. It's words of praise and encouragement. We all know those people in our lives that love the pats on the back or being told they just need to be told how good they are. That's their love language. The other is quality time, just spending time together. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It's just spending time together. The third one is gift giving. We all have those people in our lives that giving gifts some, for some people, it's giving gifts to others that make them feel special. That's, I have plenty of people in my love, life that love to just give me things. I'm like, I don't need another thing. <laughs> but that's what makes them feel like they're expressing love. I don't want to reciprocate. I know. 
Um, the, the fourth one is acts of service, and it's just doing things for other people, helping out with homework, um, doing bills, just doing different things around the home is some people's love language. And the, the last one is physical touch, of course. And, you know, I think we all need to experience some level of that, but there's that one that speaks to us the most, and that's what the third point is, is just discovering the unique love language that you have that's your way you like to be treated and discovering what your partner's is and giving doing that give and take back and forth between the two of them. And it can really make your relationship stronger. But I believe you can do that with your clients as well. So and this isn't a pickup line. No. What's your love language, Bobby? I, I, I'm, I'm one of all of them, but I really am a quality time person. You're a quality time yeah, person. I'm a quality time person. Cool. I, I don't have to be doing anything special, but I just I love spending time with people. That's awesome. So, I think I'm a words of affirmation person. Uh-huh. Um, I think that's probably my my go-to. And, and, and then I think quality time is a close second. Yeah. 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 I think that both. Of, and then really, like you said, I mean, all of them. Right. You're, Some level. Yeah. If, if I like gifts too, so it's fine. <laughs> if, if one of these things repulses you about your significant yeah. other really like. Especially if, physical if, touch. Yeah, physical touch. <laughs> if like physical touch is like a, a, a no go. Like if you just know what your love languages are not with your significant mm-hmm. other and it's definitely not physical touch or it's definitely not quality time. <laughs> Right? It's like, yeah. (laughs) Like, ooh. Like, you got to have, you got to have at least, it doesn't have to be your primary. But, you know, you got to have a, it's got to be a little. Right. But, but it's like uh, my best friend, Andrea Sheridan. She's an acts of service person. Yeah. That's who she is. She's always doing things for other people. That's how she shows her appreciation and love of other people. And sometimes I'm just like, stop doing so much. And, but that's the way she shows her love. It's not a bad thing for her. But sometimes she overextends herself because of that. I love you, honey. For sure. All right. Good book bit, Bobby. You know, everyone's. I've actually had this as a postie on my computer for some time. I wanted to do this one. And when I realized <gasps> Valentine's is coming up, I could finally do it. So now I could take wow. that postie off my monitor. Do you, do you say postie and not post it? Yeah. Because post it's a brand. Right. But, but it's, you a, do it's a post it. I mean, it's, oh, okay. I use, I buy post it. I was making sure you I didn't buy, buy like Hy-Vee brand post it. Oh, notes. God. No, no, no. I love the, the full sticky post it. You get Have the you seen real those? Stuff. Like, no. no, it's not just the strip at the top. The whole entire square is sticky. <laughs> it's not coming off anything. Those are my favorite. But I call them posties. It's fine. Should fine. we? Should we? Should we bring in Richard? Yeah. I think he's gonna be scared of us now. I think so. All right, let's bring him in. We'll be back. Hey, Bobby. Guess what? What? Recharge is coming back. Yes, it's recharge time. That's my favorite KCRER real estate conference. It's Ooh. our technology conference. We bring in expert speakers to help real estate professionals stay on the cutting edge. We have had some amazing speakers in the past, including Rob Hahn, Brian Copeland, and last year we had Jimmy Mackin and Stefan Swanepoel. That's right. So this year we're bringing in Doug DeVitri. He is a national speaker on technology topics. I actually personally know him myself, gone through Leadership Academy with him, and he's going to talk about how to create a better experience for consumers using smart home technology. Everything he does is voice-enabled, and we're going to have something on stage that's never been done ever before. It involved me, and uh, it should be interesting, so you got to be there to see this. History will be made. History is going to be made on stage. So, so, uh, hey, Alex, when is it? It's on March 4th. Yep. From 8 a.m. to 1 p.m. Ooh, a half day. I love that. Yeah, it's only yes. a half day. You can get back to work afterwards. Nice. And it's at the Sheridan. The Sheridan Overland the Park. The Sheridan Overland Park. That's right. So <laughs> I would need you to go get your tickets. You can register at 2020recharge.eventbrite.com. They are just $35. 
your, it's your early bird rate, and then the price will eventually go up to 50 That's probably mm. the late bird. If you want to do it now and pay less money, because you're going to buy a ticket anyways, go to your 2020 recharge.eventbrite.com to get your tickets, and we'll see you there. Welcome back to Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRAR. Bobby and I are here with Richard Webdell. He is the Vice President of Wealth Management at Bucati Companies. Yes, hello. Glad to be here. We're so glad to have you. Thank you for being here. Give us a little bit of your history. How did you get started? Sure, sure. So I've been a financial advisor here in town for about 17 years. Okay. I originally started off working with employer groups, uh, a lot of nonprofits, school districts, colleges. Um, Worked into more of a managerial role where I would actually help train and and start new advisors in this career as well. Um, And I've just really stuck with it. I've moved on to mainly doing individual wealth management for for families and and small business owners, uh, as well as doing some work within some more corporate 401k plans um, as part of my role there at Bucati Companies. Excellent. Awesome. Very cool. So do you work with a lot of realtors? I do have some realtors as clients, and I'm, I'm often kind of running in, in that in that kind of crowd of self-employed individuals and kind of have the same, you know, ideas to, to, to run with and some, some of the same, um, you know, concerns to deal with as far as household finances. Sure. So well, we're all small business owners. Yes, we are. Yeah. So, so you, so obviously you work with realtors. We just covered that. What are some of the biggest mistakes you see realtors or other independent contractors making uh, with the financial planners that our listeners should be avoiding? Yeah. Well, I think the one thing is is being able to partner with someone you trust mm-hmm. and, and and offload some of the work that can be done by professionals like ourselves who are trained and have dealt with it and have dialogue from people who have starting out in their career who have moved through their career and who are now retired and have learned from some of those some of those mistakes so i would say that as far as um, errors or or things i've seen is just being able to live within your your budget and live within your means to be able to save money and plan for for the future now you're just talking crazy talk yeah (laughs) it's hard to do we don't do that we spend the commission checks before they even come up and, and, and we, but what a what a solid solid thing to talk about for right. a second. It, we have such a issue with that in yeah. our industry. People aren't saving up enough for retirement, and uh, they they're in this business for a really really long time, and we don't plan for it. You can take an advance on your commission before you actually receive it, well, and so yeah, you're spending yeah. the money and then don't paying, do that. That's a very bad. That's mistake. a horrible idea. <laughs> well, Speaking I, of mistakes, yeah, and I think Oof. the challenge too is dealing with the the variable comp throughout the year right Mm -hmm. so you're dealing with the busy season i'm assuming you have a lot more commissions a lot more income coming in in Mm -hmm. the spring summertime and and maybe fall just just guessing here so you know here we are start of a brand new year and being able to kind of set that stage for a successful year and i use the term budgeting which I may, I may not be the best person to talk about budgeting myself in my own household, but dealing with knowing your expenses. Mm-hmm. And so if you can know or if you earmarked what it is you spend on a monthly basis and be able to forecast that out through the ups and downs of the income stream mm-hmm. and be able to manage that so there's no surprises. Yep. But that also is the key to start a savings plan because uh, you often put it off to the end. Yep. Or right. think about it at the end of the year, end of the month. Well, Sometimes there's nothing there to save. Right. Right. So that's a little bit of forward looking and planning from a standpoint of eliminate the surprises. Right. So so let's you brought up it being a new year. You've come up with a couple of great ideas. Let's let's lay it all out. What are the things of the being in the beginning of a new year? What are all the things that we should be starting with our finances 
what should we have already done before now so they can remember when they take notes. Great job, guys. <laughs> and what are the things that they can wait and put off till later in the year? Okay. Well, that's very good. There's, there's probably two things I would really focus on is we're uh, at the end of tax year 2019. Mm -hmm. There's still things you can do, though, if you're wanting to save money and save on taxes. So there are some accounts you can, you can look at opening or funding up until your tax return is due, which would be April 15th. And or if you do an extension, you'd have a longer period to, you know, figure out what your tax bill could be and how you could lower that by actually saving into a couple of various retirement plans, which awesome. I can kind of get into. But mm -hmm. um, so that that's kind of making up for, for, for last year. Right. Starting out this year, again, with forecasting, having money to actually save, I would look at, at managing not only your taxes, but, but your income. Mm -hmm. And by, by managing taxes, really look to encourage people to look at a quarterly setting up quarterly tax payments oh for sure yep. that yeah. would just uh, you know ease the burden at the end of the year i know people say well I'll, i put so much away from each check great and that's a good idea but you can also four payments is easier than one yes right and you could eliminate some penalties that way the other thing is when you know you have that handle on uh, where money is going every month you can start to really hone in on how much can i put away how much can I save, mm -hmm. right? And it wouldn't have to just be for retirement savings. In this career and any, any other self-employed individuals, you'd look at building a base, which would be mm -hmm. a rainy day fund mm -hmm. or that, you know, emergency savings. We often quote three to six months of living expenses. Yep. Well, that's a wide range. Mm -hmm. A, <laughs> as I said earlier, you want to know what your living expenses are. That's right. a very good you know, exercise to go through. Once you've you know, identified that, if you're uh, the sole income in the household mm -hmm. and something would happen to you and your time through work, very devastating, you want to be airing closer to that six months of living expenses. Okay. If there's two incomes in the household and you know, a little bit more steady situation, you could probably get away with the three months. Okay. So that's kind of where I'd start the base. Mm -hmm. After that, you'd look at long-term savings. Okay. And so for self-employed individuals, there's really two accounts that we would bring up. One's a SEP IRA. Very simple, very easy to administer, to open. You can save up to 25% of your income. Okay, so real quick, real easy. There's some certain limits. I think this year you can put in about $57,000. That's a pretty big bucket to mm -hmm. put in as long as you're, you know, 25% or that or that limit. If you wanted to go a little bit more, um, I guess, a uh, higher rung than that SEP, you'd look at an owner's 401k or some, sometimes called a solo 401k. This would require just uh, yourself and or a spouse as employee, but the limits are a little bit higher and it would open some provisions where you can actually borrow or do a 401k loan. So you know, a little bit more attainable that way, which could be good or bad. Sure. Right. But those are really the two accounts that, that should be on the horizon. With a SEP, so that's a self-employment pension fund, correct? Is that what that stands for? Okay, so with a Looks SEP. smart. <laughs> Good job. Ooh, I, I talked to an accountant not really bad. <laughs> so so with uh with uh SEP, can you just kind of break down how that works? Because you know my my parents are both in the education field, mm -hmm. um, with uh, capers uh, mm -hmm. as as an option. You know they've uh, when when they retired, they had a pension, and right. it it is you know it is it's not the only thing that they're relying on or anything because that's that's a little dangerous, but it is something that they are mm -hmm. you know using to live. Um, and it's a great tool for retirement. That's not something that we have as realtors unless we're going through something as a SEP. So can, can you explain what a SEP looks like come retirement? 
Yeah, for sure. You know, the SEP, the p- last part of it is IRA. So it's truly an individual retirement account. The, the SEP part means you could fund it a little bit more heavily than a normal IRA, the 25% up to 57000 um, But it would grow tax-deferred. So the monies you would, you would want to get invested. When we sit down with an individual, we'd go through a few steps. The first one would be analyze your risk and your risk profile, right? So you want to know that you're going to invest your dollars appropriately to your age, your time frame, your, your, your goals, your income, the amount you have saved. Uh, and often we haven't identified that risk mm-hmm. very, very clearly, and we don't know really how risky the funds we currently own are. So identifying that first. And then setting up, you know, secondly, a, a funding plan that you can tie in an end result through just a quick retirement income plan that you can say, well, how much do I need to save at the end to meet my needs and back into a number I want to save monthly or annually, right? And so once you have those, those two items tackled, the funds in the account would, would grow. Um, that's the goal anyways. Tax deferred. And then once you've met a couple requirements, one being age 59 and a half, uh, where you can actually withdraw the monies back to yourself as income uh, without any penalties or, or issues from the IRS. Okay, and so the the key to that savings is tax deferral. So that way, every year as you have earnings and growth, you're not paying taxes. The dollars when they with when you're with when you withdraw them would come out as ordinary income. And so if you're if you're at you a lower tax bracket, you're paying less in taxes. Ideally, is the idea. Yeah, ideally, if you, you defer it now during your good years or peak earning years. And if you're in retirement with just Social Security or, or other incomes, you could be in a much lower bracket to to pull those dollars out, right? And so that's that's where the, the SEP can help and the owner's 401k is lower the income now when you can use it, uh, tax deduction, and then spend or have taxable income down the road when hopefully you're retired and it would allow you to retire, which sure. is an issue we you know we've seen. Um, not just with realtors, but any you know self-employed mm-hmm. person. There's a lot of equity in the business, and often the business ends up being the individual. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So you have to extract some of that through savings. Um, so when we look at that again, just setting up the most tax-efficient way to put money away for retirement. The other uh, concept I'd look at is including a Roth uh, provision. Now uh, you cannot make a Roth contribution to a SEP. It's strictly pre-tax, which is fine. You could look at doing a Roth IRA. There's earnings limitations. There's some ways that we've, you know, found uh, to navigate the system where we can really help everyone get a Roth, regardless of what some of the IRS documents say. And to say. be clear, with a Roth, it's you pay, you put taxed money in. You've already already paid taxes on that money, and then when you pull it out, it is no longer taxable. Exactly. Ideally, yeah. as long as people don't change the rules on us, right? <laughs> and I hear that a lot. So that could happen. In in theory, yes, you, you've already paid taxes on the dollars. You have a, a five-year holding period. So as long as the account's been open five years, you're in the clear. And at attainment of age 59 and a half, those dollars come back out in the growth is not taxed. The growth is never taxed. A very key part to a Roth. Mm-hmm. Um, either either way of savings is great. I would like to have clients uh, that I'm working with that have some of both because mm-hmm. that really puts you in charge in retirement of which type of monies do you want to withdraw given the year you're having because it's really just taxed in the income bracket you were in in that current year. And then the Roth is inheritable. What's, I have an inherited IRA, and now my brain's going, wait, what do I have that I inherited? So Yes, they both are. Okay. Now, uh, just Roth, just good. this uh, end of this year, we have new tax legislation that was passed that really hindered some of the um, 
great benefits of inherited IRA. They're really scrunching that down from what used to be kind of a lifetime uh, delay of income taxes now to a 10-year window. Mm -hmm. So you can inherit a taxable IRA, and you'd have to you could defer that money, but you know, over 10 years you'd have to pay it out and have have taxes. The Roth is a great way to inherit money with no tax bill, mm -hmm. right? And so right. that's something where we're encouraging a lot of Roth really across the board. And you want to have a, an even balance when you're in retirement to have that control again. And the limits came up, went up on Roths uh, this year. They did. They did. So, so it you, used to be 5,500. Is that right? Or is it now 5,500? Yep, you're you're up to six thousand. Up to six thousand right now. now. Yep, and then if you're over the age of fifty, you can do additional catch-up provision, and so you can get a little bit more money into that plan than you used to. Um, if you're a dual household, you can do up to twelve thousand. Exactly, you, you you can do both, and if and if someone actually would happen to be uh, not working outside the house, you can do a spousal IRA where you can actually make that contribution on their behalf. Excellent, very cool. I think what this all boils down to, really is that if you haven't started talking to somebody about retirement plans, uh, start yesterday. Yeah. Right? That's good and, advice. And that's even if you're really young and really uh, new to the business, uh, yeah. then you definitely want to. I, I just want to tell a really quick story. Right. And I think maybe I mentioned it before. Okay. Um, you mentioned but quarterly. He's never heard it. Yeah, you've never heard it. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, you mentioned paying quarterly taxes. Well, right. you know, we all know as realtors we need to be paying our quarterly taxes. They don't all know that. The first year that I, uh, my, my first year, I had a, a good year, my first full year in this business. Um, I had no idea that I should have been paying quarterlies. Right. Um, and I really had no idea what I was going to be taxed, if right. I'm being totally honest. I, yeah. you know, I didn't know how really any of this stuff worked. Mm -hmm. um, and I met with my accountant, and um, my heart sank rapidly yep and it just totally <laughs> threw me off guard i really had no clue right if you don't know anything about this stuff yeah you need to learn it, yeah. it's a right. really important piece consults a consult an expert um and, and make sure that you know what you're doing if you're in your first year and you're making yeah. sales you don't want to be caught off guard with um with not paying quarterlies so i was on the opposite side of that so having grown up in this business always new to pay my taxes, always new paying quarterly taxes. I've been paying quarterly taxes pretty much mm -hmm. my entire life. Always knew my mom was putting away money in Ross and SEPs and all of the things that she was doing. I never really did because I didn't really feel like I was making enough to do that. Then flashbang to overnight, my mom's gone and now I've inherited her IRA and I've inherited her financial advisor who is still my financial advisor to this day. And very quickly overnight, I had to learn all of these things because I had a large sum of money I had to take care of and make sure we were protecting and doing all those things with. Mm -hmm. And so it was one of right. those things where like you learning overnight, oh, now I've got a big bunch of taxes. Right. Now I've got money that's like to set up for the rest of my life because I have to take my, my my payment every year. My I can't even think of the words, deferred payment or whatever it is I take once a year. All of those kinds of things. I had to learn about that. I had to be very smart about how we were going to pull that money out and what we were going to do and what that amount was and try to stretch it as long as it can. So that is very important. I love that you do what you do already at your age. I mean, it's just so important. Here I was 33 going, oh, crap, what do I do? Um, so I think it's really important we do that. So as we're speaking about this, what sort of um, financial tax should our listeners be hiring a professional to do? Or can they just do all this on their own and just <laughs> wing it? Right. Well, as we're talking about tax, that that's probably the first one. You know, working with a competent uh tax accountant or, or CPA would be would be ideal to help you make sure you're getting all the, all the deductions you can, mm -hmm. making sure that you're actually filing um, the correct return and, and being able to make sure that you're not leaving anything out. 
um, we coordinate very closely with the CPAs that work with our clients, right? So we want to know that we can maximize a SEP contribution. We want to know that, um, you know, beneficiaries and insurances and accounts are titled correctly, and we can coordinate um, what I really call lining up uh, holdings across accounts uh, most efficiently. So if you have deferred investments like an IRA or a SEP, you, you don't really care what the holdings you have in there are doing tax-wise because it's mm -hmm. all deferred. Mm -hmm. right. If you have an individual account that would be taxable every year and you get a consolidated 1099, you want to be, be very mindful of what type of holdings are in there because they're actually causing you tax every year. And it's kind of a phantom payment because you didn't really get any money in your checking account, but right. you do have a tax bill if you have certain holdings, right? And so mm -hmm. uh, start start with having, obviously, a competent uh, um, um, CPA and then working with a financial advisor that, that you obviously have rapport and, and trust with. Um, and I would look at someone that has a step-by-step a, a, a -step plan to kind of to get you started on the path to where you understand what it is you're working with, right? Mm -hmm. And so, um, as I mentioned earlier, I'd look at, um, fo you know, first off, analyzing the risk that's in your portfolio, right? You know, wh where am I if the market would go down 20%, you know, this right. year? How would that affect me? What's what's the risk? Uh, what's the fees? And what's mm -hmm. what's the cost, right? So every investment has some costs and fees in there. Some are harder to see than others, right? But none of these firms in our industry are really doing this pro bono, right? So it's, uh, you want to, uh, you know, really unravel and look at what what's my fee structure? What's my true cost? Is that appropriate for my account balance for what I'm doing for my savings, right? The third thing I'd look at really would be creating that retirement income plan. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you could talk about doing a fee-based financial plan or doing a calculator online. You really just want to look at having something written down, which I think less than 18% of individuals actually have a written financial plan. I believe hmm. that. And I that sounds that. like a very low number, obviously. So you don't really know where you're headed if you're not planning on what it's going to look like. It's like right. seeing the forest through the trees, right? right? Uh, so having that, that retirement income plan and, and analysis to work from, and, and not just a, uh, a document to put on your on your coffee table, but mm -hmm. something you can keep up to date. You can have real values in there as far as how you're progressing towards right. that. Um, and really have a, kind of an annual review, right? So make sure you're looking at how things are going and you're not letting it kind of escape you know, your, your, your thought process, because when you pull it back, you talked about people being young, people being older, you want to start as soon as possible, mm -hmm. right? I've, in this 17 year career I've had, I have yet to have anybody come to me and say, well, golly, Richard, I, I think I saved too much for retirement, right? That's not right. been a statement no. I've heard yet. Right. I might fall out of my chair and that's, maybe that's <laughs> when I retire, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so really I think, I think some of just those, those, those base kind of, um, you know, just, Items you want to, you you want to start with, so you get a good path and, and, and a great possibility for a good outcome. Yeah. Uh, kind of last, I would I would really slip in there is doing kind of an insurance checkup. You know whether that's the health insurance you're able to get through through any association or just individually for you and your family, which is an issue obviously for self-employed individuals right. and an ever-changing you know puck. You got you don't really where, where things are going, but. Uh, Obtaining life insurance just for family needs. A key part would be disability to making sure that, you know, if you can't go do your, your, daily, your daily duties, are you going to have a short-term, long-term stream of income that can come in and replace that? So um, just kind of the necessary evil, which is the insurance, but a key part to like kind of locking down that base. For sure. Awesome. Yeah. 
This Great is good job. stuff. I know. I'm going to redo this all day long. <laughs> it's like, can I pick apart your brain on all of the things? Um, you know, before we, before we wrap this up, are there any tips or strategies you have to best plan for the year? Anything we need to be out there looking for? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think right now, just on top of my head, just where we are, um, don't be overreactive to uh, the media, <laughs> to <you. laughs> the stock market. So, I mean, right now we had a term. 2019 was just a tremendous investment year. Really anything across the board, equities, bonds. I mean, bonds yep. had a tremendous year. So I tell a lot of my investors, you know, mainly within 401k plans who are just saving for the future, they're accumulating, not to get wrapped up in election uh, year, you know, everything's like gonna, that, yeah. you know, the trade <laughs> deal. And, and, and also you want to look at um, the talking heads on TV mm-hmm. as financial entertainment oh yeah and yes. not really financial education because no they're really not and it's fun to watch and it's you can get wrapped up in it but mm-hmm. you don't want to sit there and and just feel uneasy about saving and uneasy about where your money is because of what you're hearing reading or seeing right because right? yeah. um, the fear rules the day mm-hmm. and so i think if you could turn that off and just trust in professionals and trust in the, the system uh that would be probably what I would focus on, especially this year where right. we've come through a great 10-year run in the market right, and the yeah. economy still looks really strong. Right. Um, and so just be mindful of, it's a roller coaster ride. Yeah. Um, and just focus on what you can control, which is really the heavy lifting, which is the contributions and just finding a way to, to consistently put money aside for yourself. Yeah. And don't freak out when those monthly statements come in. Yeah. <laughs> don't look. Don't do that. Don't, Just don't look at them. Don't look. Look at January. Look at December. <laughs> don't look at anything in between. All right. Well, thank you so much, Richard. Yes, is there you. anything else? What, what, is there anything we should have asked you we didn't ask you? Yeah. Uh, not that I can think of. Anything you were scared we would ask you. Let's get that out of the way. <laughs> yeah. No, nothing yet. Give us your I, fears. I, I didn't lose any sleep on, on any questions, but uh, yeah. Awesome. Well, it's been great. Thanks Good. for having thank me. You. Thank you very much. See you next time.